I am in recovery, but I am also Jewish, and I am Jewish, but I am also in recovery, if that makes any sense. I have lifelong membership in both of those communities, and they both go together to make me who I am. That's Janae Peavy, a recovering alcoholic and a recent convert to Judaism. Janae's path to sobriety and her new faith has many parallels. Janae tells her story in this edition of the Being Jewish podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Eric Chabro. Raised in Alabama, Virginia, and North Carolina, Janae Peavy had a permissive upbringing, and this unfettered rearing led to her taking up drinking as a teen. By the time Janae was a young adult, by her own admission, she wasn't the kindest person. She was an alcoholic, with the quintessential meanness and blackouts experienced by many alcoholics. It's an environment she endured for about a decade. As she approached her late 20s, Janae felt desperation. I was driving down the road and trying to decide if I was going to run my car into the embankment or not. I was done. I didn't have any reason to get up in the morning. Life did not have a purpose for me other than to drink and get drunk. I had no goals. I had no ambition. I couldn't stop feeling nothing, which had been my goal for my whole life was to feel nothing. But then I got to the point where I couldn't feel anything. It was really scary for me. I got really scared. At that point, realized that there was kind of a problem there. I didn't recognize that it was the alcohol. I said, yeah, I probably need to drink less. But it was more so me thinking that I just needed to change some stuff around in my life and exercise more and, you know, <laughs> not be so rude to people or something. And then I had a physical bottom where I went on a trip with no intention to drink Within 20 minutes of getting there, I was well on my way to being blackout drunk. Woke up the next day with no recollection of anything that happened to me or what I had done. And I hurt people really deeply with the things that I did. And I had felt that for the first time. And I realized that even when I had the best intentions, even when I was, you know, on top of it and being what I thought was the best version of myself, I was still hurting people. I didn't see a way out of that. I mean, there is no way out of that. I was terrified. For the first time, I recognized that me drinking or not drinking and me hurting people or not hurting people wasn't a choice. I had no power over it. It was either going to happen or it wasn't going to happen. I'd heard of 12-step programs before. I knew that some people didn't drink and they used to, but I just didn't understand how that was possible or if they were doing that, how did they have any fun? because it had been what I did to have fun since I was a teenager. I went to a meeting and I heard this man share the exact same feelings that I was having. To hear my story and like, not just my story, but he described a day in his life that was exactly like the days I was having in my life. And this is a 80 something year old man, you know? <laughs> and the biggest part of it was he was describing it in the past tense. And he told me and the rest of the group that he did not feel that way anymore. And then he went on to describe how he stopped feeling that way and how his days stopped revolving around alcohol and trying to clean up the mess that he had made the day before. That was the first little bit of hope that I'd had in years. Here's this person telling me, you know, if you do what I did, you're going to feel better. I thought this was a too good to be true. I thought it was a cult. Your higher power slash God gets brought up in it. At this point in the man's discourse, he mentioned the role of a higher authority, God, as an important component in his recovery, 
a point that Janae did not quite identify with. I was just not at a place to be able to accept that right then um, because I didn't want to think about God. I had, you know, preached from the rooftops that I was atheist agnostic um, just because I needed that distance from God when I was drinking to be able to keep drinking. (laughs) If I let God get near to me, then I would have to change how I was acting. Um, And I didn't want to. So I kept God really far away. And coming into recovery and, and starting to work the program, I, I started to get my spirituality back. Um, God wasn't in the picture yet. My higher power wasn't in the picture yet, but I was starting to allow space for that to be reality for me. I was starting to get rid of all my preconceived notions and lay down that shield that I'd been carrying for so long. I quit denying that it was a possibility. And all I said was, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe there's a God, maybe we can do this thing. And luckily for me, that's all that was necessary. And it continued to grow as I can need to grow in recovery and do more work and have more conversations with God. It's something that started to really deepen for me, probably like a year and a half into recovery. I'm a type A personality. So I really wanted more structure. Religion really offers that structure in a way to talk about God and to have a community with God at the center. But I was looking for something even more specific. I was looking for something where everyone, you know, had the same viewpoint, not of God, but of morals and ethics. Because that was something I was starting to really research into, starting to read textbooks about the basis of ethics and, and morality. I had not had morals or ethics in my life. I don't want to say ever, because I'm sure as a child, there was something there, but I did not live according to any kind of internal compass other than do what I want when I wanted to do it for a really long time. About a year into her sobriety, Janae's idea of what is a higher power began to take shape. Not only did Janae want to connect with God, she wanted to connect with a community that would allow her to enhance her spirituality that she couldn't find in her recovery group. I really wanted to find a community that looked at God the same way that I do, uh, because the recovery community is fantastic because it's open to everyone. You don't have to have a specific idea of God. You don't have to have a specific idea of how to live your life. It is everyone for everything. We're not for or against anything or anyone. And that's exactly how it should be so that people can come in and recover. But once I started getting an idea of my personal base level of morals, ethics, and my conception of God, I'm a rule follower and I knew I wanted more structure. I had been exposed to a myriad of different religions throughout my life. My mom was very open and is also a searcher. All of them were fantastic, you know, and I I got things from all of them, but none of them lined up with how I wanted to live my life. None of them corresponded with what my core belief system was. And the only religion that I hadn't really looked into other than like cursory knowledge was Judaism. So I bought every book I could get my hands on, did lots of Googling, because I knew the general overview of Judaism, but I didn't know what the core belief system was. I didn't know how it differed from Christianity or Buddhism. 
the more I read about it, the more that it just spoke to me. And the idea of doing rather than believing as one of the core points just was exactly what I felt, not only in my recovery, uh, which the goal is to help others recover once you have recovered yourself, or to more specifically to help them find their path to recovery. That's kind of how I felt about life. You know, it's so much more about what you do and what you give back to the world than it is what you believe. To me, beliefs without actions don't mean very much. They're great and you can have awesome conversations, but they don't really do anything to change the world. And I think that's kind of where I was. I wanted to make a difference. For the first time, I was capable of affecting change in a positive way after recovering. I was no longer changing the world in a negative way through my actions. So I was looking something to really put my attention into. That objective was Judaism. Janae was introduced to a Jewish woman who took her under her wings, and they had hours-long conversations about Judaism. The two women clicked, connecting on a deep level. The woman provided a candid and detailed view of Judaism and how it played a crucial role in her life. It was just really eye-opening. She invited me to Torah study at Temple Emmanuel, and from the first time I went, I just felt a connection to everyone in the room. The ease at which people could have conversations when they don't agree with each other's viewpoint on the text. It didn't matter that they didn't agree and how they both came out of that, seeming like they grew and, and found understanding and could take something from the other side was just something I had never experienced in a religious setting before or really in a non-religious setting. So it was really comforting and the sense of community was immediately apparent. Everyone cared about everyone in a very genuine way and would, you know, talk before and talk after. And I was immediately introduced to everyone and everyone was so nice and so immediately happy that I was there, even though they didn't know me at all or what my motives were or anything. The genuine joy of their response of just having someone new was so comforting. And I just continued to come to Torah study and learn more because the Bible had been something that I was told that you read to memorize. And that was it. I was raised in a semi-Southern Baptist setting. And to really dive into it and dissect it and pick it apart and see what it means now rather than what it meant then and what does it mean for modern times, it was just also extremely interesting to me and in that you were encouraged to ask questions, which is something I've always that's been part of who I am for forever. I always ask questions. I want to understand more. I want to figure out and piece apart the deeper level, the deeper meaning to, to everything. I continue to read on my own and talk to other people and come to services, which was just another profound spiritual moment for me. Feeling God in the room was what I told myself was going to decide if I was going to convert to Judaism or not, because my whole point was to find a way to deepen my connection with my higher power. And when I went to services, I mean, that was it. I felt the most at peace and serene, and I could feel the energy in that room. And that's where I knew I was supposed to be there. That's that's kind of the deciding factor. And I started talking to the rabbi. And again, he was immediately excited that this is something that I wanted to do and was there to support me with any questions that I had. And then led on to a year and a half 
intensive study and adult education and continuing to show up and talk to people who lived a Jewish life, be invited into people's homes, which is, again, just so mind-blowing to me, the love and acceptance that was freely given in that situation. It's been home ever since, and it means so much to me now. And all of the holidays, Shabbat, every week, that's the height of my life, not just the height of my week, like the fully present moments that are available in that, in all the holidays. That is exactly what I was missing from my spirituality practice. As Janae learned more about Judaism and adopted a Jewish life, she saw that it helped her with her recovery community. That made me even more understanding of those around me in a recovery setting after being immersed in Jewish life. I think that it allowed me to have more compassion, which is something that I struggled with prior to. I struggled with empathy for a really long time, and I think Judaism really helped me to cultivate that through feeling that from other people and having really open and honest conversations with those who had no, you know, prerogative other than they wanted to get to know me. And I'm a very vocal person about my recovery and love to talk about it anytime that I'm asked because it is one of the biggest chunks of my life is recovery and it's all day, every day. It was strengthened by my ability to really continue to form my relationship with my higher power. My program of recovery, the the main part of it is to keep that connection, you know, to deepen that relationship with whatever you perceive as your higher power through study, through meditation, through life experience, through, you know, simple things like journaling to sit with not only yourself, but with that, you know, the energy of the universe through that being fully present in your, in your life, being fully present in the moment, being able to show up for people to do the next right thing to affect change for me, comes from being centered and comes from being connected to my higher power, to God. Being able to truly listen to someone, I think, is one of the biggest gifts that came out of it. I'm still not great at it. It's a constant practice. But through seeing other people um, and their conversations and watching the way that they take in information and aren't waiting for their next turn to speak and are truly wanting to learn about the deep parts of this person, not the superficial layers. And having those amazing conversations has been super fulfilling and something that I wouldn't have thought to do prior to sobriety for sure. And probably prior to that first year of sobriety, I was so focused on my own issues, which, you know, rightly so I I needed to get my life together, but then being able to grow from that point and form connections, real connections with people to have a real sense of community when I had been isolating myself from the world for so long was so fulfilling and exactly what I needed. How does being part of the Jewish community directly affect your recovery? Well, I think they both go hand in hand, honestly. There's a small amount of overlap, but I am part of both. I am completely immersed in my recovery community. And I'm also completely immersed in in my Jewish community. And it is something that is, I get something different from both of them. Um, My recovery comes first, um, because without me being sober, there is nothing else. Um, I will then lose all of those other wonderful things that I've gained. Um, But then my Jewish community is what enriches my the deeper levels of my life. That's what gives me a sense of tradition. That's what gives me a sense of 
genuine love and care and um, feeling a part of in a in a spirit specific spiritual sense more so than just our common problem that I feel um, that sense of camaraderie from in my recovery community. And they're both vitally important. Um, I know that I have to have both to feel whole as a human because I am in recovery, but I am also Jewish and I am Jewish, but I am also in recovery. If that makes any sense. Um, I have hopefully, you know, lifelong membership in both of those communities. Um, and they, they both go together to make me who I am. Immersing herself in the study and practice of Judaism, Janae discovers similarities between Jewish holidays and the 12 step recovery program. This is something that was always really interesting to me. This is personal experience, and this might not be the feelings that other people get from these holidays or from the steps that I've worked in my program. So I'll kind of start with Rosh Hashanah. That's the Jewish New Year. For me, that is really about reflection and examining my shortcomings from the previous year. That really reflects with some of the steps of my program. That's what I need to do to be able to figure out where I can be a better person, where I can grow, where I can make changes so that I don't have some of those things that I don't really like about myself. It's identifying what I want to change because for me, I can't change it if I haven't identified it yet. If I don't know what's wrong, I can't make it right. (laughs) Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is Judaism's holiest day of the year when Jews fast and ask forgiveness from those they offended and from God. Yom Kippur for me is about atonement, reconciliation, making things right, And again, that echoes back to steps out of the program and and making amends to people that I've wronged in the past and being able to clear away all of that wreckage, all of the, you know, the train wreck that was me when I was not sober, being able to allow those people to truly heal through that and trying to make right any wrongs that I've done to anyone, which is extremely important and allows me to look at the world in the eyes. It allows me to not have shame or guilt anymore and be free of all of that. Hanukkah, the triumph of the Maccabees against great odds, to me, it's it seems insurmountable. It seems impossible that that all of that happened. And that reminds me with my program of recovery that God can do anything. Us humans have a limited <laughs> ability to uh, to do a whole lot, but God's the one that I get my inspiration from. And as long as I'm leaning into that instead of doing whatever Janae wants to do, good things are going to happen. Purim, as recounted in the book of Esther, commemorates the saving of the Jewish people by Esther and her uncle Mordecai from Haman, an official in ancient Persia who planned to kill all the Jews. I really, I really enjoy the story of Purim. Um, To me, it's standing up for what is right and doing what needs to be done, even though it's hard, and also giving back and being able to help others. And for me, that reflects sponsorship in my program, showing up and being there for the new people that come in and are looking for recovery. Passover. Passover recalls the freeing of Hebrew slaves and their exodus from ancient Egypt to the promised land. 
Passover. For me, that's so much gratitude and remembering what we've been through, what we've come from. And that's a lot of reflection time for me again and staying present and realizing all of the things that I've survived up until this point and tying back again that my higher power has a purpose for me. If I was able to survive through all of those things, then there's a reason for that. And as long as I stay focused on it, then my recovery is going to be in a good place. Most Saturday morning, the Jewish Sabbath or Shabbat, Janae can be found at Temple Emmanuel in Greensboro, North Carolina, virtually during the pandemic, studying the first five books of the Bible, known as the Torah, with about 50 other congregants. In recovery, you know, there's a continual quest for growth, for knowledge. And Torah study is that for me in my Jewish life. And I love continuing to have those aha moments. In my recovery and in Jewish life, you know, we read the same passages year after year, but I get something different out of them every time through group study and really diving into what the text says and each person's interpretation of it and all of the opinions and insights that can come from that. Both of my communities, it's one of my favorite things to do is to study literature. The Hebrew term tikkun olam means repairing or healing the world. It's a concept that Jews as individuals or in groups work to better our planet and its people. Janae has her own tikkun olam initiative. She's incorporated her experiences as a recovering alcoholic and a Jew and created a product aimed at helping others support their sobriety. It's called Renew Planner. Renew Planner is akin to a daily planner, but tailored for those seeking recovery. It's part of a toolkit aimed at adding structure to help users stay on track toward their recovery. Yeah. Renew Planner is a physical paper planner specifically made for people in recovery. It's got your normal daily planner pages, your month, your week, your day. But it's got things that are specific to people that are in recovery, cultivating your spiritual practice, journaling, reaching out to others in recovery, making sure that you're staying on top of whatever meetings you need to be attending, and checking in with yourself, looking at your progress, being able to see what you want to do better the next day, and constantly looking to better yourself and to continue to grow and remain teachable. Janae sees her efforts with Renewed Planner as a way to give back to her recovery community, and her endeavor incorporates the Jewish obligation of tzedakah, or charity. The biggest part is my goal of charity with the company. I'm going to be donating 22% of the profits back into the, at first, local recovery community and then kind of spreading out from there. 22 is my lucky number. Uh, I always get asked why such a random number. Uh, My birthday is 222. Twos are very important to me. (laughs) So I thought, you know, it seems fitting. It is something that I look so forward to because the goal at the end of the day for this planner is both the goal of my Jewish life and the goal of my recovery program is to give back what I've been given by others, whether it's through them using the planner and gaining something out of that in their recovery, or if it's through receiving the benefit of getting monetary help because recovery programs are notoriously underfunded, especially in Greensboro, where there is so much recovery activity and we're so lucky for that. 
there are still programs that need help and it could always be better. We could always use more in terms of recovery options for people. I feel so lucky to have been able to recover myself. I want nothing more than to offer the tools that I used in my own journey to as many people as possible, whether that's in the form of the planner itself or whether that's getting funding to a program that really needs it. That's Janae Peavy, who's well on her way to a meaningful and spiritual life. You've been listening to the Being Jewish Podcast. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.